Welcome to the PSL Podcast, presented by Power Speaks Louder. Help us to educate, empower, and transform lives by the power of words with those around the world. Visit www.powerspeakslouder.com forward slash invest to invest in the lives of people today. First of all, B, I'm honored that you asked me to interview you on your first podcast, kind of like the uh, inauguration. <laughs> We've been having conversations like for the last 20 years, but lately, like the last five, so valuable for those that are tuning in and don't know uh, you're a businesswoman. You are trained in fashion and design. Uh, you have your own corporation. You have nonprofit. You are touching people literally globally. And that's not flattery because, you know, today we will hear facts about Africa, about Asia, about all the places that you've been. To be so young, I'm so proud of you. And for all those that are tuning in, they're definitely um, in a position to be inspired today. So with no further ado, thank you for the honor of allowing me to interview you, B. Hunter. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Teach. Yeah. I mean, I have the same honor for you, you know. Um, man with the level of accomplishments as yourself, it's it's very refreshing mm -hmm. to be able to pick up my phone and say, hey, Teach, can you be, you know, on yeah. this podcast with me? I mean, to be honest, it's flattery to me yeah. <laughs> because wow. I, I highly respect you. I highly respect your craft and what you do. Yeah. Um, the way you speak as well. It's like you have a, a gift of storytelling, Appreciate you know, that. in your in your communication. So thank, thank you. you. Definitely. Well, let's jump right into it because, I mean, there's a lot. I think I know a lot about you, but then there's things I'm even going to learn today. Yeah. You know, especially, you know, the audience, they're going to learn as, as well. But I want to talk about your childhood dreams because you're very gifted and very effective and you got your hands in so many different things. Yeah. But how did it all start for you? When did you start recognizing that you had certain gifts or interests? At a very young age. I remember being five mm -hmm. um, and even earlier than that and just sketching and drawing and I was so artistic. Yeah. I came out the womb creative. Yeah. I mean, if there was a pencil or a pen and pad, I'll be like drawing right when right, I came right. out. So, you know... I was very in tune with my creative ability. Mm -hmm. I would be in the backseat of a car and I'm sketching emblems of luxury cars. Wow. You know, and that's where I got my start. I mean, I was heavily into um, design mm -hmm. and having my parents pretty much give me the proper tools mm -hmm. um, that I needed to bring out what was in me. So I started in the barbershop. Okay. That's where I started. Drawing? I was drawing, okay. yeah. I started selling my artwork in the barbershop. Really? Yeah, when I was a kid. I mean, that's that's what I remember. Okay, so you're selling art in the barbershop, so that, that kind of leads to my next question. Yeah. Did you know you were good, or, or did you think this was just something you were interested in? When did you know, like, okay, uh, Samantha's drawing, and Ricky's drawing, and theirs yeah. is garbage, and yeah. mine is the bomb. When did you know you were good at it? I think because I had a lot of support with mm -hmm. my parents. They would lift me up. Okay. I mean, they'll look at my work, oh, that's amazing, this is so good, you know, and they encourage me. And I pay a lot of homage to my parents because they're both creative beings. Yeah. I mean, my mother has a gift with interior design, mm -hmm. and she was always sewing and always putting up curtains and right. what she would call valances over our windows. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I was, was looking at her, and her, you know, her creativity inspired me. So that has always been in my DNA. And my father has a gift of music. Yeah. So that's another 
another story yeah. that actually I have discovered as an adult today. Okay. And also being in school too and seeing, you know, like peeking over and looking at other people's drawings and yeah. I've seen a, a very big difference. Right. Um, you know, and I'm, I started to see, okay, this is This is a gift. This is a gift. I remember when you were a teenager, uh, you used to paint your shoes, you know, um, Nikes. Yeah. And I would wonder, like, where did you get those? Because I was really into, like, coordinating. Mm -hmm. You know, and if I had the blue and yellow Nikes and I had the blue and yellow FUBU shirt on, and I was like, where did you get those? You're like, teach, you can't get these in the store. Just I did this myself. I did it, yeah. How did you get an interest in, like, painting shoes? And I mean, because you did it all the time. Yeah, all the time. And I was the best dressed in high school, I have to say that. Yeah. I did take that badge, you know. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you'll be surprised the things that are pulled out of you when you have to become resourceful. Yeah. It started from me not having a lot of money. My parents yeah. didn't have a lot of money for me to be have a bunch of shoes. I right. mean, I wanted all the hottest Nikes, but I couldn't afford them. Yeah. So what do you do? You buy all the color laces that you can find. Wow, that's you genius. you you go get some paint and you paint you you paint what you want to see. Okay. And I think I had my my first fresh pair of Air Force Ones and <laughs> And just got busy. Yeah, on I it. got busy on it. And I think I transformed I, I I had this technique where I will paint them and then at times I would like kind of rub it off and yeah. create something new. So I'll show up and I will have all these different styles. Yeah, you know, I, I remember. Would, yeah, like, wh where'd you get those? You know, like, you can't get these. And, and then you'd switch up the same shoe a week later. Yeah, like, Wait a because minute. that's all I had. Yeah, and I oh, had, that makes sense. And I painted on the side I remember, and it just came to me. I never even mentioned this out loud, but I, I painted 108K, and mm -hmm. it was like one of a kind something, you know? Okay, okay. And that was like my little brand then. It yeah. was like, and then I took it from footwear and me painting on my sneakers to then painting on my clothes yeah so i would transform like if i'm wearing like a, a nike dunk a, yeah. A, a sb yeah i would recreate that shoe on the back of my jacket like that's how coordinated i was yeah, yeah, yeah. and but it, i don't i don't know if you i'm sorry for cutting you off i don't know <laughs> if you remember this i mean it's your life hopefully you yeah. do you didn't just paint shoes i remember you putting messages on the soul do you remember that i did man yeah okay. and of course that was also wearing you know words i mean that's where i got my start too in this okay. whole word thing yeah and it just grew into what it is now yeah. but um you know i was bullied okay. i was bullied because i was too dark and too skinny i tell that story a lot and i don't mm -hmm. want it to sound robotic yeah but that is the reality and i even had rashes on my neck mm -hmm. and my knees were dark and i had rashes on my the the creases of my and arm. kids find anything oh they my can gosh. to try to you know yeah uh, and, I, and i wore the same sweater so it's funny because i remember being the, at one point being the best dress designing like painting all my sneakers and my clothes and then i also remember wearing the same sweater every single day <laughs> and okay. that could have even been in like senior year or mm -hmm. a, a time in my life where i was self-conscious yeah because i was teased yeah. i mean i didn't have a boyfriend then because yeah. like i said Nobody wanted to date the skinny black girl. Child, and I mean, I'm just saying this, you know, you know it's all due respect. Yeah. You were fine, though. Thank you. You know what I mean? So <laughs> let's keep it 100. I, yeah. I mean, I'm kind of, that's kind of shocking to me. Yeah. I had a similar childhood. Mm -hmm. I was the ugly duckling, um, you know, but I was around so many different cultures that didn't appreciate, you know, who I was. But I hear what you're saying. That was birthed in pain. Yeah. But I remember the flat ironed hair every day. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I remember you beating up boys on a regular basis. Yeah. That you was, were tough. That you know was what I'm me. saying? But you were still cute. Exactly. Thank you. And yeah. I appreciate that. I'm flattered. But, you know, that wasn't always how I felt. Yeah. And part of it is creative expression. And the other part is pain. I think it starts with you covering things up. Yeah. 
you do the hair because you want to get the compliments. You want to look pretty. You want to feel good about yourself right. and you want to project that to others. Yeah. And then it, it starts it starts there and then you become confident. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, well, this is dope. And I, I do like this. Yeah. And this is my own way of expressing myself. I just want to put a pin before I get to the next phase of your life right there at pain because that's so valuable. Mm -hmm. And I want the listeners to know that you helped me make my movie in that your feedback wow. um i i remember coming over here and showing you like um like a the first cut and you know i was just so proud <laughs> <laughs> yeah man i remember that and i said uh i said what do you think you were like teach you want me to be honest with you and yeah. i was like yeah you were like it's all right mm. and i was like why and you were like well because i don't hear the struggle that was the word. You know, the word that you used was, where's the struggle? Yeah. You know, and people, everybody's dealing with some sort of struggle, another word for pain, in life. Um, so it's missing that. Yeah. I hear these highlights of your accomplishments and this and that, but what have you been through? And I had to go back home and go to the drawing board and write down things throughout my life, and that made the difference in the film. My point is coming back to you now. What do you think is the value in pain because we all go through pain now some people turn to drugs and alcohol to right. deal with their pain everybody deals with it differently some people kill themselves yeah exactly. so but is there any value like like i'm looking at the product of someone who survived yeah how did you do that well pain is relatable right that's why it's so important to share testimonies and stories and express that pain because it's not only healing for yourself but it's healing for others yeah. why is it so moving for people to tell their stories about their pain it's because we all can relate. Right. That's why Discovering Destiny, your film, was so impactful. Yeah. Because we, as the audience, can connect. Yeah. We can all relate to pain. And that's what's so powerful. Right. It, it takes a, a very you know, unique way of looking at a situation to then transform that into a victory. Yeah. That's like our failures. You know yeah. what I mean? Our failures actually is a success. Because that tells you, hey, that part didn't work. Let's yeah. move on to the next. Yeah. And I think... Um, you know, having that statement, beauty for ashes. Yeah. You know, we all go through pain. It's just how we deal with it. Right. I am happy that I had that pain mm -hmm. because I don't think I will be the woman that I am today. Absolutely. Had I not went through those things. Right. Because, it is, again, it drew something out of me. And for people listening, it's like, you know, never just stay there. It's going to pull something out of you that yeah. you never knew that you had. Yeah. You know, and that's what... I've experienced in my even my childhood, my teenage years, being a young adult and the woman that I am today. Right. It's like I'm still having to fight pain. Absolutely. All but, of us. But what I do with it, that's what matters the most. Exactly. Yeah. And you have great training. I, that, that's what I hear you saying is if it wasn't what you went through as a child and as a teenager, how ill prepared would you be oh, today? Yeah. So, you know, you had rehearsals, so to speak. So yes. now you can handle it more effectively. One thing I've always admired about you is that you're very adventurous mm -hmm. and very courageous. So talk about FITM for a second. When you graduated from high school, you went to the Fashion Institute of Design. In merchandising. In merchandising in Los Angeles. Tell us about your experience. Well, in that period that we just discussed about me painting on my shoes and doing all these things, it's like FITM came to my high school okay. at Rancho Verde in Moreno Valley. That's you know where I'm from. I'm from Inland Empire, mm -hmm. if I didn't mention that. Right. Um, and they came to my school, and I never even knew that this was possible. Mm -hmm. You know, you always think of the creativity as something as a hobby, but the fact that it could be a career. Yeah. And this is something I'm already interested in because I'll be honest, I wasn't an academic type of person. Right. I didn't like English. You I were creative. I hated math. Yeah. You know, but 
I seen a way out like, oh, you mean to tell me I don't have to, you know, take a major that I hate? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was very interested and that's what made me want to pursue it. Now the tuition. Yeah, talk at about that time. It. Oh my God. <laughs> you know, let's get to that part. We still making adjustments today. Yeah. You know, we, we still, you know, that conversation still lives. Yeah. You know, and I told my mother and father, I said, Hey, this is the school I, I believe I want to go to. Mm-hmm. And they took me again having those encouraging parents. And I know everyone may not have it, but they have mentors. Mm-hmm taking the initiative, even if someone may not be able to support you, to still jump out and do it anyway. But I was so happy and and so grateful to have parents take me, you know, to FIDM, which is in Los Angeles, Mm -hmm. an hour away from Moreno Valley. And I went to the campus and fell in love. Right. And I was like, there's no way that I'm not going to this school. There has to be something we can do. Yeah. Um, And of course, my parents at the time, they didn't have the means. Yeah. You know, but they say, hey, if we have to make some adjustments, Mm -hmm. we'll do it because we believe in your dreams. For someone who was born creative that came out at five drawing, Mm -hmm. um, looking at, you know, your your peers not doing so well with that, selling portraits, you know, or drawings in your father's barbershop. What was it like? Describe that experience when we drop you off now in an environment where everybody's creative, where the environment is conducive to your purpose. What was that like? It's like being a fish mm-hmm. out of water, you know, because you're in a different element. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because I still felt unique in my own way. Okay. You know, that's the beauty. Yeah. Because I could have got in there and was like, you know what? This is not for me. Yeah. Everyone else is creative because, again, I stood apart mm-hmm. in my community and where right. I was. Yeah. I went to um, the Orange County campus first before Los Angeles. So if you think about Orange County is like the light version, you know? Yeah. LA campus is more of the New York. That's the spot, yeah. That's the spot. Yeah. Everything was a trigger to my creative ability. Mm-hmm. And it was like, wow, I have these books. Yeah. I have people that are around me that are speaking the same language. So I no longer was the weird person. Yeah. I felt comfortable. Yeah. But at the same time, I still felt different. Yeah. FIDM really taught me discipline. Mm-hmm. If it didn't teach me anything else, it taught me that. Yeah, that's I good. I mean, pattern making, I can get into that later and how I still use that today. Mm-hmm. But the discipline, yeah. the projects I had to come up with, the right. capacity that my mind had to stretch to. That was just getting ready to say, did they hold you to a high standard? <laughs> yes, okay. they did. Okay. You know, you would have to... It's you called... weren't just getting an A because you made it, you drew a nice picture. Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> oh, in fact, that's where I met my godmother, Mrs. Houston. She was my sketch illustration teacher and she gave me my first C, Mm -hmm. believe it was a C, could have been a D, but it was something I did not want because if it was not an A, then it was a problem. So that pissed you off? That really did. So I'm like, wait a minute now, you're you're giving me a grade that I know is is not reflective of my work because I'm I'm an artist. Did that motivate you? It did, but it made me mad as hell. Exactly. You Before know, the motivation listen, came the frustration. It came the frustration. Okay. And I stormed in front of her classroom. And, and I mean, the class is going. Yeah. I'm like, why did you give me a, you know, and that lady got out her red pen and she started marking down the reasons why. She, and I said, I snatched my paper. I said, never mind. Because she was for real. Like She, she, was she wasn't real. just randomly giving you a D. She, oh, man. She ripped me into shreds. But she, out of all the teachers I had, was the most memorable. Mm-hmm. And... I drew a liking to her because she was the first person that told me yeah, and criticized my work. Yeah, I, I had yes mans all my life I yeah. mean, at that age. Yeah, you know, with that gift, with that type of gift. Yeah, and yet she's saying no. This is a nine-headed figure. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, nine-headed croaky is like nine heads. You yeah. know, the first head is the head is the shoulder is between the second head. Third. Got it. So it's a long, you know, nine-headed yeah. figure. 
And I guess mine was too short. Mm -hmm. So without all those details that people may not understand, she taught me how to be a better illustrator. Mm -hmm. um, and she perfected my craft. And she was trying to teach you, it sounds to me like, the technical side of it. You had a raw gift. I did. You could come in like someone that could really sing. Yes. But they don't understand octaves and you know, um, uh, how to use their voice voice creatively. They, ju they can just sing. Yeah. So she was really trying to mold you. She did. And I kept taking her class. So then, of course, when the course is over and she pretty much, you know, she whipped me into shape. Yeah. I got her every time. That's good. And the one time I couldn't get her, you know, take her class again, which yeah. was at L.A. because she, she was working at both campuses. Yeah. I lost it. Because mm -hmm. it's like now you're trying to take away yeah. someone that yeah. I know is going to help me win. Well, real quick, because, you know, I want to have some fun with you because yeah. you're very, you, you know, your story is, is powerful, but I want to stop at certain moments so that you can drop some tidbits. What would you say to someone who does not like being around constructive criticism? They, they're, they're very sensitive, you know, the, yeah. their, their skin is very uh, thin and they would prefer to have people stroke their egos mm. all the time. You're, you're describing Miss Houston. What advice would you give to other people in the qualities to look for when they're trying to find a mentor? Put yourself out there to be criticized mm -hmm. because the real world shows you something totally different. So that's like putting yourself in a bubble. Yeah. You know, because if Miss Houston wasn't the way she was with me um, and I didn't get that from any other mm -hmm. professor, I would have went out in the world and crawled under a rock. Yeah. And would have never came out. Yeah. Because that's what we face on a day to day. You're not going to always hear that you did a great job, even when you do. Yeah. You know, so it's like putting yourself in that position. And I believe what people need to realize and what they need to know is you have to be uncomfortable. Yeah. We're so used to being comfortable mm, mm, mm. that we we risk a lot of the potential that we need to see in ourselves. Yeah. So it's like. I forcefully put myself in an uncomfortable position. Yeah. Hence this conversation we're having now with mm -hmm. the podcast. This isn't something that was on the top of my list. Yeah. Um, it was something I knew I had to do. Yeah. But when you said, hey, what's up with the podcast? That, is, this, is this pulling you out of your comfort zone? It was pulling my And guess yeah. what? I, I reached back out to you. I said, hey, yeah. let's do it. When let's are you available? <laughs> but going back to that period in my life, you know, I just wanted to add that yeah. in. It's like we have to put ourselves in a position where we are criticized. Mm -hmm. um, and when we can really hear the truth. When you, so when you hear that you're amazing <clears throat> and you put yourself out there to hear hundreds of you did a terrible job. Yeah. That that you're amazing means something so much more. Oh man, that was motivation. Yeah, that'll keep you in the game. It's it like, won't okay. blow your head up. No, it'll keep you energized. Yeah, it will. And one thing I do want to mention this is, pick a fight with fear. Mm. We're so afraid. Yeah, chase your fears is one thing I have on the wall that mm -hmm. has compelled me to do a lot of the things that I've been doing. Yeah. that people think is so amazing, but they don't know behind the scenes. Yeah. I'm shaking in my boots because this is it's not something that I'm comfortable with doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so it's like pick a fight with fear. We're so used to being on the defense mm -hmm. because it's like, okay, this is scary. I'm yeah. just going to try to defend myself. Let's see what happens. Instead of being on the offense. Yeah, and being proactive. We don't go after fear. Right. We just wait till fear yeah. comes. And sometimes fear keeps us. Right. Because we're afraid of it. Come on, man. Let's just stop because this is getting out of hand with all this wisdom <laughs> and all these tools and insights. I need to put a plug in that. Let's move to New York. I yeah. think you shocked a lot of people, hmm. including me, um, when you announced that you were going to New York only because you had never been there before. I love travel. I want to see the world. Yeah. But to have this girl, I'll call her a little girl at the time, to have this little girl graduate from high school, go to college. And even graduate from there, 
you know, because I'm older than you, I still was like, oh, she graduated. Cool. You know, you still see her as the young girl. Yeah. And the young girl says, I'm going to New York, you know, with my fashion design uh, degree and I'm going to make something happen. Hmm. Uh, You know, not that there were I'm sure there were haters, but I think that there was a lot of people that were just more concerned. Tell us about that experience of taking that risk, you know, and that that courage to jump off the cliff um, uh, unknowingly. And and I, and I need this to be as practical as possible because people hear that and then they want to go run off and quit their job and yeah. they want to do something. Tell us what it was like when you moved down there. Where did you stay? Did you start working immediately? You don't have to give us the intricacies of all the details, but what was it like? Man, it was it was very different. Again, it was like reliving that FITM experience yeah. because before I went to that school, I had to take that step mm-hmm. and go into a place that I'd never been before. New York came in mind when I thought about the industry, mm-hmm. when I thought about taking my gifts to the next level, right. you know, because I'm now seeing magazines, I'm hearing conversations that are beyond where I'm at. And I started to look at Los Angeles like, okay, this is comfortable for me yeah. because I'm here in California, but I haven't done anything that scares me. Yeah. Again, I didn't even realize I was picking a fight with fear back then. Yeah. So, you know, I went to visit and when I visit, I was staying with my friend Lynn. Mm-hmm. And I was out there and I just seen the culture of New York yeah. and how fast paced it was and how you can cut the energy with a knife. Mm. Very different than California. Yeah. So I said, you know what? I will give everything up I have in California to live here mm. in this place. And another reason why I want to live there is because people said it was the hardest place to live in. Mm. And that and drove, you wanted to challenge yourself. And I had drive yeah. to, to, to live in a place that people said most people can't live. Okay. That's what stuck out to me. And you wanted to show I can win. That was first. Yeah. Second, it was, okay, what am I going to do there? And it was, hey, I have an interest in footwear design. Mm-hmm. Yes, I never done it before. I didn't take any classes doing shoes, but I love drawing them. Yeah. And if I did a skate shoe, maybe I can throw that in my portfolio and jump out there. Yeah. So what I did, I came back and I started making calls. Um, because, I, of course, I didn't know the places to go when I was yeah. out there. I started having more of a revelation of you know, my move yeah. when I came back. Because you didn't know a lot of people out there, No, right? no, I didn't. I okay. didn't even know any of my friends I, that you know I know. Yeah. Like, none of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. None of them. Um, just my friend Lynn. And I came back. I said, you know what? This is my commitment. It was 2009 when mm-hmm. I went. I said, I'm going to save for seven months. I remember. And when I say for seven months, yeah. I'm moving on May 17th, yeah. 2010. And you lived real lean to save. I remember that. Yeah. Actually, in <clears> fact, <throat> I moved out of my luxury apartment that I was living in right next to, you know, the beach. Yeah. And I moved out of there, moved in with this friend of mine, Sabrina. She's so awesome. <laughs> she was doing like this crazy, amazing stuff with hula hoops with fire and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I found her on Craigslist and I said, listen, hey, I'm trying to move out and I'm yeah. trying to save more money. I lived in Inglewood with her. Moved in the hood. And I moved to the hood. And I saved, I saved for seven months. And I stayed in Brooklyn, you know, off of Decatur and Broadway Mm -hmm. um, with my two twin friends, Coco and Breezy. Shout out to them. They're two eyewear designers. And yeah, I didn't get a job when I first moved there. It took me about a month and a half to hit the pavement until I got the job at Fortune Footwear. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if I didn't take that leap of faith, um, I wouldn't have been able to see the dedication and the consistency and the persistence that I had, um, you know, to achieve what I set out to do. Well, this is what I really want to zero in in, because you you uh, you challenged me with Mm -hmm. the movie. So I'm about to challenge you. Okay. 
when you were in New York, I think a lot of people want to hear, this is just the, you know, we, we have an insatiable appetite, like social media is such a false perception of life. Yeah. And we have such an insatiable appetite for stuff and things and what appears to be success. I want to know, were there nights that you cried yourself to sleep in New York? Were there times where you were hungry and you didn't have food? Tell us about those times you wanted to come home. Because there's people going through something right now and they're listening to this. Were there days where you felt like giving up, where you didn't eat? A hundred percent. And most people won't even know that there were many nights I didn't eat mm -hmm. in New York. Because it's a very, a very tough city. Absolutely. And you go there for a dream. Yeah. Everyone is there to make something happen right. at any cost. Even if it's the cost, if it costs you not to eat for That's a right. day or two or even sleep. So that I did have to experience that. And because I was out there by myself, no family, I had friends, but your friends are also hustling too. Yeah. So you can't all, I didn't have any rich friends. I didn't yeah. have anyone I can call other than my parents. Right. And I'll be honest because my parents are very open with where they were at that time. They didn't have the money. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I could always call them and say, hey, could you send me yeah, a Yeah, wire me 50. Wire me 50. And if they did, they got an old school bank that takes way too long for me to get the money. <laughs> Yeah. You know, so that, you know, I experienced many nights. I mean, even the time when Prince invited me to the yeah. Paisley Park Studios. That's right. That moment before I got that call from, you know, his management, I was in my studio crying. Mm -hmm. I got the call while I was crying. Yeah. In depression. You know, I didn't have a lot of money. And this is around the time where I left the nine to five I was working for mm -hmm. doing footwear design. I'll talk about that later. Yeah. And but I became a freelance designer mm -hmm. working for Eugenia Kim. That. I wasn't making a lot of money. then. Yeah. I actually remember going into the bodega yeah. trying to purchase some Tylenol because I had a headache and my card declined. Mm -hmm. And to this day, I still remember that feeling. And I use that as a reference to not only encourage others, but encourage myself. Yeah. Seeing the drive that you still have when you're facing challenges and, and pain. Yeah. That's what you can remember why you started in the first place. Do you think for listeners, you know, because there's so many people that are seeking their purpose right now. Yeah. You know, you, you can go online, you know, from one social media platform to the other, and you hear so much about purpose, which I think is great. Um, but for people that are really hungry for that, they want to know, like, why am I here? Would you say that that's one of the indications? Because there's so many different, you know, things that you have to do to try to find that place. But when you, I'm looking at you as someone who would not quit like you, you you're not eating you didn't quit yeah um you know you you had to downgrade from the nine to five to being an independent contractor you didn't quit uh you cried yourself to sleep you you didn't quit is that is relentlessness one of the things that you would say is an indicator I'm pointing at you right now because that's the word <laughs> that's the word I was that was just Dude, about to you come were out of my relentless mind. I was relentless and everyone has something yeah that they are relentless about. That's right. Everyone has it. That's why it's better to start with who am I? Why am I here? Where do I come from? Yeah. What can I do and where am I going? And people pass over those five questions yeah. that of, of humanity. Like it's so, okay, yeah, yeah, I heard it. But you don't really understand it because you have to really break it down. Mm -hmm. And I believe asking God, yeah. who am I? is critical to know why you're here right. and your purpose. Right. I believe that is the key. And knowing the passion that you have for the things that you enjoy mm -hmm. and the passion for the things that you dislike. You know, we can't fix what we're not concerned with. Mm -hmm. So usually those things that agitate you the most right. is your assignment 
to fix it. Right. In the discovery of those five questions and where you find what you will give anything for. Mm -hmm. You have to find something that you are really willing I to was, lose sleep over. You took the words out of my mouth. You have to be something that's that makes you willing to lose sleep, food, people, places. And I know this is strong, but I mean, because I lived it too. I'm living it just like you. When I see you and you talk about food and sleep and people, you were willing to lose your life. Oh, yeah. Because I'm in New York. I can't eat. I mean, how many days can I go without food? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. The relentlessness that I see from you is not like something you're playing with for a week and see how this goes. I'm all in. Yeah, because what's worth living for is also worth dying for. Yeah. That's why I was able to go a couple of nights without because I knew what I was doing. I was going to receive the fruit and the benefit in the future. Yeah. Did you see the long term while you were in New York and when you were designing shoes? Did you have a long term vision? And I'm, you know, and if you didn't, that's cool. Yeah. Or were you like day to day? This is what I love to do and I'm not going to quit. Wow, that's such a great question because it's a balance of both, mm -hmm. you know, because you have to be present and, and knock out everything you can and do your best in every single day yeah. with the 24 hours that you have. But then you have this idea of yeah. where you could be and knowing that if you put in this work that one day you're going to set yourself up where you can enjoy mm -hmm. <laughs> what you have been working so hard for. However... What is wise is to enjoy what you do currently. Mm -hmm. So even though you, you, like I said, you're losing sleep and you're doing, you still have to enjoy what you do. Yeah. You know what strikes me as significantly interesting is that when you came back from New York, you had your hands in a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. uh, you were doing clothes. You were doing shoes still. You were still doing fashion. And I know that I'm fast forwarding, you yeah, know, yeah, for time hard. purposes, but check this out. I, I was very, to, to watch the evolution of hmm. Bee Hunter, um, was and is very amazing because you didn't come back. You did not get off the plane talking about power speaks louder. Let's keep that 100. You didn't get off the plane talking about nonprofit organizations. You didn't get off the plane um, talking about this, this uh, you know, industry, this, this business, this headquarters that we're sitting in right now. Yeah. How did you, what was the evolution process for you because I remember the struggle. I remember the isolation. I remember you having to basically close the door and get alone and just pray, trying to find out, like, what am I doing? Yeah. So to get to here, and we'll talk about here in a minute, how did you get to this? Where did this desire come to start Power Speaks Louder? And what does that represent? Yes. You know, the desire always comes from you running to the end of yourself mm -hmm. you know i mean everyone has experienced it it's like you have those goals and then when you like i thought my plan was like the biggest thing ever yeah um you know but it took me to run out of the things that i thought were fulfilling for me and you reached a place of unfulfillment and i reached a place of unfulfillment so much so i said maybe i should go back to california mm -hmm. because you know new york is for me i believe it's a temporary place um I don't think anyone <laughs> other than my good friends, Coco and Breezy, because yeah. I believe that is their city. Oh, absolutely. You know, but I don't think it's this, it's this run, run, go, go, go race. It's not for everyone. I don't think it's for everyone. Absolutely. And to, to have a bigger plan, just have a, a plan for your life yeah. and knowing that, okay, this is a, this is a season where I'm going to hustle. This is a season where I'm going to strategize yeah. and I want a family and I want yeah. this and that, you know, New York may not fit in that scope, mm -hmm. but that's when I'm like, okay, I, I believe I need to come back to California because something else is pulling me. There was a transformation that happened mm. because I thought I was moving back to California for a different reason. I yeah. started thinking of, hey, 
maybe I can expand my creative languages mm -hmm. um, by getting into more creative direction. Mm -hmm. Because at that time, I was doing graphic design yeah. and primarily footwear design. Yeah. Um, I said, so I can do like this. I called it presence development or something yeah. like that. I was doing some stuff with Sharifa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sharifa Murdoch, which is super awesome, you know, with Liberty Fairs. And I'm like, yeah, I could do this thing. Let me bring this to L.A. and let me do some creative direction. Yeah. I moved based on that idea. Do you think that yeah. as your desires were changing, that it was drawing you slowly? Because it's not like, you know, you go from zero to 60 yeah. and I leave New York and I come and start Power Speaks Louder. Were your desires progressively changing and leading you to this place where, you know what, I'm not even trying to help people. That's what I want to do. It was. I mean, it was definitely transitioning. It, my desires grew and they changed. Mm -hmm. um, I was very open to whatever God had planned for mm -hmm. me. But I didn't know what it was. Yeah. So when I came back, everything changed. I had this idea that I would be in Los Angeles, and I wasn't. I came back in Moreno Valley, back where I used to live, mm -hmm. back where, you know, where I was living in high school, you know, and car broke down. Talk about that, because there's people right now that are in that place, and they want to know, one, they can hear that you can get out. Absolutely. But they want practical steps on, like, they don't know what to do. They're stuck in that dark place. Yeah. And you know, one thing I would tell people is be willing to look however it looks in order for you to yeah. be in the right place. And what I mean by that is if you focus on what it looks like, mm -hmm. you know, I talk about we have the ability and the power to redefine everything. If you call something a setback, mm -hmm. it's a setback to you, Yeah, but it could be a setup. Or if you call something, you know, I'm moving back home with my parents. Yeah. See, that's a different conversation. Yeah, it's just a negative connotation. It's a negative that. connotation because if you're moving back, it means you're going backwards. Therefore, you're you're not where you're supposed to be. Mm. And that could be a lie. So for me, it's like, I'm not back with my parents. Yeah. Although I'm back and living in their home. Right. I'm back at a place of provision. Yeah. Okay. Because I'm not afraid to look. Like yeah. I'm back at my, if that's how you see me. Right. So again, it's like what you would call a garage downstairs. To yeah. me, it's a headquarters. To me, it's an office. Yeah. It's a place we can operate and bring people in to yeah. do the work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see? So that transition, I mean, I had to learn that now, yeah. but now I could tell that to people to make sure they, and I even told this Nike, it's like redefine the structure to break barriers. Mm -hmm. Let's redefine it. Let's, let's recall this, what it is yeah. and barriers in your life. You can redefine them. So that depression is really what birthed power speaks louder. Mm. Cause it's your perception of how you're seeing things. Absolutely. Okay. From the words, from yeah. me going through self-destruction and talking negatively to myself. Yeah. But a pivotal moment was asking for guidance, mm -hmm. you know, asking for that direction. And I remember praying and I said to God, like, could you please speak through my own voice? Yeah. And immediately I spoke a week to listen, a week to think and understand, and a week to speak. Okay. And that came out of my own mouth, wow. which was shocking. Yeah. Um, but I did just that. I locked myself in a room for three weeks and I began to read all the books that were available to me. Yeah. Um, I was writing a lot. I was speaking. Right my future into existence right so that's where the words and the writing and the this inspiration of words mm -hmm. and this consumption of words that brought me to the conclusion that this is something that is uh necessary for me to pursue right. and that's where power speech slider was birthed and i also had the idea to 
put messages on bags yeah. <laughs> to give out to the homeless to tell them that they are loved. Mm-hmm. But one thing that did start it was yeah. having to deal with the negative thoughts, with wanting to be somewhere that I thought I should be. Absolutely. Um, sizing myself up to others. Yeah. Because again, social media yeah. can put you in a place to do so. Yeah. I mean, if, even, even if you friends. allow it. Yeah. Even friends. Um, not feeling like, because sometimes you have this picture in your mind of where you should be, where you could be. Yeah. And if you don't, add up or if your today doesn't look like that picture Mm -hmm. then it causes depression in your mind yeah you know so i went through all of that but one thing about power speaks louder that's so powerful it came and it ministered to me Mm -hmm. it spoke to me yeah first it it did yeah and i think any anyone that's starting a business or starting a a brand anything they want to or their idea that they want to give out to world they have to be the first consumer yeah it has to help them first. So would you would you challenge, because what I hear you saying, and it's just so many valuable bombs that you're dropping, but when it comes to people believing in themselves before yeah. anybody else believe in them, because what I remember about you with Power Speaks Louder, and this is my perception, mm. I remember, uh, yes, you know, the depression, but I also remember friends, you know, because we can, we not only listen to our own words, but then you have well-meaning you know, ill-advised people sometimes. And I remember them saying, you ain't married yet, girl. You ain't got no (laughs) kids. You coming to my wedding? Look at my new car. And I remember, you know, that type of subtle pressure that they were putting on you. The power speaks louder. I didn't see any any of this coming. I saw it coming out of your mouth. You started to redefine your own self Mm -hmm. of who you were. And as you said earlier, one person sees you're on the bus, but another person sees I have transportation. Exactly. You get the concept. You see, that's exactly what it is. And again, that is the power of words. Hello. Talk about Power Speaks Louder uh, in a nutshell, the vision of the company. And what are the some of the things that you guys are doing? Because I, I see you. I see you in Africa. Yeah. I see you. Um, moving about in the community. I see you with Nike, but can you tell us a little bit about the vision and what you guys are doing right now to make a difference? Yes, absolutely. You know, Power Speaks Ladder is a, a word-focused company. We started off with, you know, the brochures, me being asked to speak to 15 different schools in the Linwood School District in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Power Speaks Ladder exists to love and to speak life yeah. and to humanity. Right. But where we start is with the youth yeah. We start with those that are disadvantaged, mm-hmm. low-income families. Yeah. That's why I'm going into the schools and we set up these experiences. That's yeah. why it's so important that we have our backdrop and we give yes. out um, our gifts at the very end. Right. This is our way of continuing the conversation that leaves a lasting impact on the people we come in contact with. Mm-hmm. The same message that I speak verbally yeah. is the same message that we give tangibly, which is visual, yeah. which is it reaches three different learning styles Mm -hmm. you know the learning style of auditory Mm -hmm. and the learning style of visual and the kinesthetic is with hands because students and just people in general learn differently Mm -hmm. it's called neuro-linguistic programming so that's why we are touching on all those areas i love it and even sharing you know more stories on the podcast and you know more conversations because we have these conversations daily yes and people don't hear them yeah, and I think that this new platform that you're creating yeah. um, is going to, you know, catapult Power Speaks Louder because what are we doing right now? This is the power of words. Exactly. So I believe it's like with the areas of how we reach out to people with our PSL outreach, we have PSL experience, which is 
you know, later going to be art installations mm-hmm. and different ways to engage with the public yeah. that will also be global. Um, and PSL film yeah. and PSL collection, yeah. you know, collectible products. So the proceeds of whatever people pay for for that goes mm-hmm. back into PSL. I love it. And even offering a creative design service. Yeah. So it seemed like as a a young person having their hands in so many different creative projects and seeming like on the outside not knowing what that person wanted to do Mm -hmm. because you know people say don't be the jack of all trades and the master of none but i believe you can be the master of many so that's why psl actually has many different parts it's a it's a body there's a head there's a neck there's shoulders arms hands legs but do you hear what you just said you (laughs) said there's a neck there's a head there's shoulders you know what i just heard i heard miss what's the lady's name at fitham Mrs. Houston. I just heard Miss Houston. Wow. Because she just critiqued you on how your octo head, whatever the, mm, the thing. The nine headed figure. The nine headed figure. You just said the <laughs> wow. head. The sh- it's like life coming full circle. Yeah. You know, she was describing PSL. Let me make a statement and you tell me what you think about this. Okay. I believe that everything that we go through in life and all of the training that we receive because sometimes if someone is a singer you make the mistake of thinking you have to be a superstar which maybe that is your calling but if someone can cook you have to have a restaurant Mm -hmm. and then if you don't you feel like you said depressed um and you think about every experience you you've had and i'm looking at someone who was selling portraits and drawings in her daddy's barbershop that was not wasted. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking of someone who was designing shoes out of necessity because she only had one or two pair. So she was flipping them <laughs> and she had fat shoelaces and skinny shoelaces yeah. and pink and red. And that was not wasted because it got you to China. Yeah. Shoes got you to China. Yeah. Um, and then I see someone who went to fit them and everything that you learned from Miss Houston, valuable. What do you say to the people who feel like a failure? Because they tried one thing and it didn't work. Mm. In their eyes, it didn't work. And they tried something else and it didn't blow up. And then they tried something else and it didn't blow up. And now they're at a place where it's just like, I don't know what else to do. Not even knowing the value of what they did. Yeah. I would say you have to use your failures for footstools. Mm. That's part of our statement. You know, power speaks louder is a people strategy using life challenges to empower, turning adversity and failure into footstools that transform lives by the power of words. Mm. You have to be a curator of everything in your life. Yeah. We have the power. Yeah. We do it on social media, right? Yeah. Because we can make an interesting picture, say a thousand words. We are very good at curating our highlights. So the same way you can do that in social media yeah. and you can make people believe where you are and that you're living this good life that you may not mm. be living at the time. Yeah. You can do that in your real life yeah. behind the scenes. So even for your environment, it has to be curated. Yeah. You know, if we look around, the reason why the space is the way it is, yeah. because when I'm depressed and I'm down, I can look up and it says you're overqualified. You are brilliant. I am mm. successful. I am amazing. Yeah. You have to tell yourself that. Yeah. So you, we are so used to creating with our hands yeah. a product that right. we can see. But we're not used to and knowing that we have the ability to create our environment around us. I don't care if you live in, if you in your mama's bedroom or in somebody's basement, (laughs) okay? You can turn, if they let you paint, if they don't let you paint, you know, hang things up on the wall to cover every single inch of that wall. Whether it's sticky notes, whether it's pictures and aspirations and things you want to become because they're triggers. And um, that's why I like to speak to this about, you know, when it 
in regards to failure yeah. or failing. What does that really mean? Right. What does failing mean? Does it mean that things didn't turn out the way you thought it would? Yeah. Because that's not failure. Again, we have to redefine what things are. Yeah. If you have to go the extra mile and rename things mm. in your life to position you to win, we see we think winning. Yeah. We think they have the money yeah. and we need money. Therefore, we just disregarded all the problems that they can ever have. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So we think it's just money. Oh, if I had money, I would be so happy. Right. But that person may have money, but they don't have love. Yeah. Their family member just died. You can't take them. You can't bring them back and you can't pay for them to come back. Right. So we all have something to deal with. Yeah. It's just how we see it. Yeah. Because it's perspective. And once we see it, do we believe it? I'm going to tell you something. I remember several months ago, um, I don't know, it might have been last year sometime, you sent me the template for the website, mm -hmm. um, Power Speaks Louder. One thing that I've always liked about you is that you are extremely unique. Like, like I, we all are, but I don't think we all tap into it. Yeah. You know, because we live in a world of conformity. Yeah. So, you know, um, it, it, you have to go against the grain to be unique. You've always been very comfortable in your skin, in my personal opinion. Thank you. So I just thought, what? Power speaks louder. But when you really get into it, and that's what I'm doing, is like over the course of the next several weeks and months, I was watching you. And I started to see, and it, and it, and I got an understanding of it because I was going places and I was saying it, but I didn't say it that way. But I would tell people, if you take two twin children and you separate them at birth and you put one in one house and you call them, you know, you're ugly, uh, you are, you know, uh, you're, you're just like your daddy, you're never going to amount to anything. And you take the other one and you say, you're so beautiful, you're amazing, you're smart, you're a genius, you make me so proud. Yeah. And you reunite those kids at 21, they're two different people. That's right. So now I understand the, the magnitude of this company. Um, and I saw the brochures and what you were doing in the schools. You're literally speaking life into people. That's And that's the goal. That's exactly our mission you know, um, is just to reach people and to give them that voice, yeah. give them a voice yeah. to speak, but also give them that voice that tells them differently yeah. of what they're hearing from them, themselves and from other people about, you know, failure, yeah. about them believing in themselves, about if even if they hear you'll never be anything. Mm. You have no idea the things I heard as a kid. Yeah. Where my mom, if it wasn't for my mother speaking life into me yeah. at that time, I would probably turn out to be a completely different That's person. Right. I could be very negative. Um, I would probably hate myself. So there has to be someone to step up to the plate because we're all responsible. Yeah. There has to be someone to say, no, you are amazing. Yeah. Everyone in this room are founders, CEOs. Yeah amazing mothers yeah. some people may not want to be a, a, a ceo yeah. or they may not want to be an entrepreneur correct they just may want to they want, may want to graduate yeah you know so it's everyone's journey and everyone's successes right. are unique to That's them correct. before we end i want to talk about 2018 what are a few things that power speaks louder wants to you're the you're the visionary yes you know you're the leader so what are some things you'd like to accomplish next year Definitely our, you know, 25,000 Love Letters of Truth goal mm -hmm. that we have. I want to reach, be able to reach at least, you know, the 25,000. That number just came in my spirit yeah. of the people that, you know, I want us to reach. It mm -hmm. could be in schools. It could be on the streets. Yeah. It could be in conferences, wherever. And it's a global idea. Yeah. Um, definitely loving on more people. Mm -hmm. Because one thing that people don't understand is 
the lack of love. We all want the same thing. Mm -hmm. We all are collaborators by nature. Right. We all want to consciously come together, but based on our gifts and our plans and our journeys, we're already collaborating. Mm -hmm. But the amazing part about that, we encourage, you know, collaboration because that is important. Mm -hmm. But, you know, another project is our Walk of Purpose project with the Nike factory stores. Right. And that's another big project that we're working on Yeah, right I saw now. you guys online cleaning the shoes up. Yeah. You guys really reinforced these... Uh, delicately worn shoes and give them the yes, yes. And, and some are brand new okay you know a lot of them are brand new most of them so we have partners at three different stores mm -hmm. that have been so gracious with us and donating us you know footwear so we can give them out to those in need yeah. and even the homeless in the future um so then we have that you know my project that's another one's coming up which is renovating the schools before we can build them mm -hmm. so even when we did the Five Keys to Victory course at Fremont Academy, mm -hmm. the principal was very inspired by how we transformed the room. So that opened up a door and opportunity right. for us to begin planning and developing a project to renovate the school. So that, amongst other things that I can't mention yet because yeah. they're big things, right. but I'm, I'm more comfortable when they come out. Mm -hmm. But, you know, our goal is to be able to contribute to decreasing the rate of poverty, yeah. of depression, mm -hmm. of crime, all those things that we see in the world. You know, even a poverty rate right now is like half yeah. of a population, which is like 3 billion. Mm. That's a lot. Yeah. You know, homelessness is over 300 million. Right. You know, depression is the same numbers, mm. over 300 million as well around the world. And that's why we do this stuff in Africa where yeah. uh, I didn't mention it, but you know, the mission trips. Right. Um, 2018 i want to also partner up with some partners in uganda and in swaziland yes where we can take the psl lovers of truth out there yeah and let me let me say something i think it's funny but it's also very valuable when you travel yeah um you are a sponge of culture yeah and like you said you were in china and you were speaking mandarin Mm -hmm. Um, I've seen you go to Africa and what, what language were you speaking there? Siswati. Siswati <laughs> and had an interpreter and, but you were speaking Siswati and he was interpreting. Yeah. I mean, it was almost backwards. Yeah. yeah. So I love the fact that you not only respect other people's cultures, you embrace it. Uh, also I want to add power speaks louder. This is a nonprofit organization. Absolutely. How can people make donations to your company? They can go online on www.powerspeakslouder.com. Mm -hmm forward slash invest there you'll find how we engage yeah. everything is mostly words yeah. because it is for our listener our yeah. viewer the person that is discouraged they can go on our website yeah. you know but we do show you what we do in the right. community and right. there's videos you can watch right. at the footer you of the website see us doing what we oh do. absolutely yeah. so you know you'll see you know our classroom engagement the yeah. nike thing where we do professional development yeah um you'll also see mission trips where i as a, the founder have engaged with people in Swaziland and Cambodia and Brazil. So, you know, that's how you could be a part of Power Speaks Louder. Another thing that's very unique of what we do, anyone that gives gets a gift in return. Got it. So either way, when you donate to us and you invest in the lives that we serve, right. you're going to get a gift in return. Yeah. And that's our incentive um, and our honor yeah. of you wanting to partner with us. Yeah. Because, you know, Power Speaks Louder sees... 360. Mm -hmm. We're looking at the contributor 
as our audience as well. Got it. We're okay. not we're not just beating people down the head saying, "Hey, can you like help us do this and yeah, goodbye, yeah. good day." We'll send you a thank you letter and come back again. Yeah, you're not begging for donors. Oh no no no, we take care of you too. I want people to know we know that you're a person and you have to fight adversity right. and you discouragement. Have you have needs. Also. Uh, statistics and analytics mm -hmm. of our engagement and our impact yeah. because we really value the voice of the people we serve. So that's why we have what we call lovers of truth surveys. Mm -hmm. So we can track this data to see if you were to ask us, what is the impact? Mm -hmm. I could tell you at Ramona High, if it's 144 students, 93% said this was amazing and it I changed my life. It. You're tracking that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And we'll continue to track it. That's so good. even with the podcast, we'll have a, a section on the site you can add your feedback mm -hmm. on even different topics or how you were inspired and yeah. things. That's the purpose. Yes. And that's the point is for the people. Just people being a part of what we're doing in the community and globally. Yeah. B Hunter, if you don't mind, um, I want to encourage the listeners. If you guys are looking for a worthy organization, I wouldn't just say this. I've known this woman for 20 years. I'm saying we can redirect some of those funds because it's going to help so many different people. And in the natural, we get a tax write-off for it. That's you right. Know, as a result. Um, and then also, I want to encourage uh, these event coordinators at schools, high schools, colleges. Call B Hunter. I'm not saying that because she's my friend. B, thank you for allowing me to do this. And congratulations on all your success. And you helped me so much, too, as well. Uh, there was a period in my life where I was strictly your mentor. Mm -hmm. And now we have just a mutual, balanced relationship to where you, you know, you'll send me text messages or I'll look at what you're posting online and it gives me perspective mm -hmm. when I'm on that bus called life <laughs> and I'm ducking my head down and pulling my hat down, hoping nobody sees me. And you're saying, teach, congratulations, you got transportation. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, oh, yeah, it, it gives us perspective. Yes. These words that you're speaking is not a business. This is your life. This is what you do. Yeah. This is you, you exude that with everyone that you come in contact with. So thank you for helping me as a friend. Uh, and also sharpening me because we sharpen each other now. So that's right. Uh, it's been a privilege. Thank you so much. And again, thank you, Teach, for for taking this call and you know the call in saying yes to this. Right. In my humanity, you know, a lot of times I wish some things are like, oh, I want it to be this way. Yeah. And even that's what I want people to know because we're so used to making things perfect or trying to attempt to make it perfect mm -hmm. before we let it out without allowing people to come in the conversation and be a part of the process. Like if we would have known what Steve Jobs was working on mm. while he was working on it, would have been very beautiful to see. Yeah. So, you know, even with PSL, it's like, I don't want to wait till I become quote unquote successful mm -hmm. to talk about this. I want to say, hey, you guys were with me when I was in the bedroom that I turned into an office. Wow. Yeah, that's powerful. We value our PSL podcast listeners and want to hear the words of the people we serve. Tell us about the podcast you enjoy and how often you listen to them. We've created a quick survey for you to help PSL craft a great podcast about the things you love. To fill out the survey, visit www.powerspeakslouder.com forward slash feedback. Or you can click the link we've provided in the show notes for this episode. Thank you so much.